From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome, everyone. Jody Heiss here today filling in for Tony Perkins on Washington Watch. We're honored to have you on board with us today. Tony is out. Of course, he and literally millions of other Americans have been hit really hard by the inclement weather in Texas and in Louisiana and different places. And so Jody Heiss here filling in for him. I'm the congressman from Georgia's 10th Congressional District and an honor from time to time to be able to fill in for Tony. Uh, But let's do keep him and many, many others in our prayers. But we welcome you on board today for this edition of Washington Watch. We've got a lot of great issues to cover. Among them are a couple of pieces of legislation that are deeply troubling and concerning, such as H.R. 1, which is going to radically, if it becomes law, transform the election laws all across the nation and literally federalize them. Very disturbing uh, as to what all is in that bill. Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina will be joining us to discuss that a little bit later in the program. We'll be discussing the 9-11 Commission with uh, Representative Jamie Comer from Kentucky. He's the ranking member of the Oversight Committee, and the 9-11 Commission uh, is going to dive into what took place on January 6th, and uh, there's some likewise disturbing issues and developments with that, as well as some issues on the border that are concerning. We'll talk to Representative Comer about that. And then later, the Equality Act. We have Representative Dr. Andy Harris will be joining us to discuss the Equality Act. But let's jump into it. First of all, H.R. 1. And I want to welcome my good friend, Congressman Ralph Norman. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Well, my honor, uh, Congressman Heiss. Great serving with you and glad to have you uh, hosting the program today. Well, it's a great honor, and uh, listen, this H.R. 1 that is currently being debated and uh, soon to be voted on is very disturbing. Let's begin with a clip by uh, Congressman John Sarbanes. I want you to hear this, Ralph, and uh, we'll discuss it here in just a moment. It would expand automatic voter registration across the country that could add some 50 million people to the voting rolls, um, increase same-day registration opportunities, improve mail-in voting, which we've obviously seen is going to be a preferred, excuse me, option for Americans going forward, for many Americans, but also a minimum number of days of early voting across the country, because we know that makes it uh, easier for a lot of people to access um, the ballot box. Wow. He said a mouthful in those 30 seconds. Let's just jump out of the gate here. Uh, What, what, are the dangers, Ralph, when, when you look at this and the federal government, Washington, D.C., considering federalizing and literally taking over elections, good idea, bad idea, and why? Joe, you know, and, and you're up there as I am. Uh, this, this president was sworn in on the 20th. He's been in office, what, less than 30 days. We're having to deal with with HR one for the named for the People Act. It should be named against the People Act. This is a complete takeover of our election system, which is the bedrock fabric that ties this country together. If you don't have confidence in the election process, uh, then you've lost your country. Now, specifically, what for your listeners, what this bill does is pretty much wipes out the voter ID laws. Uh, there will be no more uh, having to prove who you are. It strips the state of their ability to redraw their congressional districts. You're, you're taking away a right that, you know, from the history of this country we've had. It creates a six-to-one match that the government, your tax dollars, would pay. To give an example, somebody donates $200, then your government will spend $1,200 of your funds. And it could be candidates you despise. And one of the other things that I could not believe was in this is that it would allow politicians to take a salary from the campaign donations. Um, Conservatives will not win another election. And I'm talking about true conservatives like you uh, who believe in less government, who believe that the states form the federal government, not vice versa. If if this passes, and as you know, they've got the votes in the House with with Speaker Pelosi having the gavel, 
uh, we're up to the mercy of the Senate, and it's going to be a it's going to be a an effort all of us are going to have to make to urge the senators to not compromise on this. The whole bill is bad, and you you, you cannot take this away from the American people. If if this happens, then you will not elect true conservatives, uh, in my opinion, uh, for a long long time. Jody Heiss filling in today for Tony Perkins on Washington Watch. My guest is Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina. He serves on the Homeland Security Committee as well as the Oversight Committee and just has an incredible record as being a staunch conservative. And as we look at this H.R. 1, Ralph, you mentioned something that I think probably piques the ears of everyone listening right here about uh, taxpayers literally paying for campaigns. Why are the Democrats pushing that? Power. They're, they're, they're you know, my best description, they're drunk on power. And they want to, they do not want to have to run an honest election. They want to have, they want to control it. And, and Jody, you know, government doesn't produce anything uh, other than what it takes from the taxpayers. And if anything, uh, in today's world, you, we've got to start restricting the, the powers uh, that gov- government is telling when our children can go back to schools. Uh, government is telling us, you know, when we have to take, uh, when the vaccines will be ready. Government is having an expanded role, and we've got to fight back. And the only way you do it is replace these people. Congressman Sarbanes, they just have a different worldview of complete dominance and complete um, government control which is not what this country was founded on. And the, print, the, the principles are spelled out in the Constitution. This is pretty much decimating the Constitution and, and, and all that it means, and it served us so well for 235, 240 years. Well, you know, and one of the things, too, Ralph, that, that concerns me so much about this, we were told by all the Democrats, by all the talking heads and the mainstream media that there were really no problems in this past election uh and you and i many of us many others saw the the fraud and the massive problems that were actually a part of this past election and yet we were told by all these dems who are now putting before us hr1 a federal election takeover uh and how can this be i mean if there are no problems, then there needs to be no changes, and yet they are not only just tweaking this thing. It is a, it is literally an attempt to codify and to put into law the very things that were so disastrous throughout our country in this past election. Well, I was just on a Homeland Committee uh, a subcommittee meeting before I got on this call uh, with you, and I brought up Dominion. Uh, which a lot of states used. I think Georgia used it and other states, and brought up the fact of investigating it because there's been enough uh, smoke on this last election with the mail-in ballots, with, with what jo- your home state, uh, through the Secretary of State, mailing out mass ballots uh, to just as he chose to do so, who didn't request it. He just mailed out mass ballots the non-signature verification, the mass confusion that we had in this election that's so frustrating. And, you know, with Claudia Tenney just now finding out uh, that she won the race, but I think November 3rd is when we uh, were supposed to count the ballots. Uh, This is March. This is uh, February 19th. And so you're looking at close to three months where we didn't know that who would, would win. It's unexcusable. But this H.R. 1, if this passes, uh, which, as you know, it'll pass the House, but we have got to get the Senate to to stop it because we lose our rights. We turn it completely over to government, and that's just not – that's not how you you have an America that you and I grew up in. You have the beginnings of a Cuba, a Venezuela, other countries that are totally socialistic today and communist. Well, and also in this is absolutely the elimination of voter ID. I mean, you and I have to show a vi- an ID every time we get on an airplane, uh, when you get your driver's license, uh, you buy a weapon. I mean, we can go down a whole list of things where an ID is required. And yet in this H.R. 1 is the eradication of voter ID for elections. That seems so uh, opening the doors for fraud to come marching in. And you add to that 
Uh, they want to make Washington, D.C. a state and add two more senators. I mean, this whole thing is nothing but an insurance policy for the Democratic Party to be in charge for potentially decades to come. Yeah, and look at the speed that they're doing it. Again, he was, he was uh, inaugurated on the 20th of January. Look how fast he's doing it. Uh, he's not taking any questions on anything. You've seen the press conference. Uh, he can't put two sentences together, but the press has no interest in investigating him or investigating or questioning him, I guess I ought to say, on any of this stuff. But I ask a TSA agent, what if I just did not show my ID, just said I was, I could claim to be Jody Heiss? He said, we'd stop you. Uh, and I said, well, have you heard about this bill? And he hadn't. Uh, I asked a pharmacist. I said, what, would you dispense medicine if I just told you who I was? He said, of course not. Uh, but see, that's how ludicrous this is. And this is how, for your listeners, this is, this is, uh, this is something that uh, will change America for the worse. And um, I'm just thankful you're fighting. I'm fighting. We've got a nucleus of people. But it's going to take we the people getting involved. Because if we the people don't, then uh, it's it, the downside and the complete loss of our democracy is happening right before our eyes. And I think that's an excellent point. In fact, this very bill is called For the People Act. It is anything but for the people. It is really to throw the people under the bus and to eliminate their voice from being heard at the ballot box. But when you talk about we the people getting up and getting involved and letting our voices be known with this, as we wrap up this segment, Ralph, what 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 would you say to people? We have folks all across America right now listening to us. And they were concerned with this kind of information. What are kind of some of the basic ideas and thoughts that people can do to help their voices be heard as this piece of legislation is going down the pipe? What we've got to do, and I told a group of about 200 last night, I said, Here, here's, my, here's what uh, I would say to do. You get in groups, you contact your, uh, your state house members, Senate house members, and, to, and, and, and to let them know about this and let them know how concerned you are. Secondly, you get your representative in your area, you write them, you meet with them. Uh, being silent is not an option. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're basically saying we're willing to lose America as, as, as we know it. And we just can't do that. But it's going to take masses of people doing that. Look at what the left's done, Jody. They're loud. They have got people scared. And now is not the time to be scared. Now is the time to be active and sitting on the couch uh, and saying, oh, well, it's just another day. Well, it's not another day. It's not another day. And you, you add to all of that the cancel culture that is involved right now. And people are scared. And fear produces paralysis. And paralysis is the last thing we need right now. Ralph Norman, I want to thank you so much. Ralph, a great congressman from the phenomenal state of South Carolina, joining us today on Washington Watch. We appreciate you coming on here, Ralph. Thanks for your leadership in so many ways. My honor, Jody. Thank you. All right, and thanks to each of you for joining us today on Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss filling in for Tony Perkins. We've got much more to cover. Joining us in the next break or after the next break will be Representative Jamie Comer from Kentucky, We'll be talking about the 9-11 Commission. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned on Washington Watch. We'll be right back. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org Bible and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org Bible. Got it. Checking it out now.
In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the world's foremost violator of religious freedom. To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Jody Heiss filling in today for Tony Perkins. We are honored to have you on board with us. And I am honored to have joining us now on the program the ranking member of the Oversight Committee in Washington, D.C., uh, James Comer. Jamie Comer, he is from Kentucky, from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky. He's been an incredible leader both on the state level and now in the federal level. He served in Kentucky uh, as probably many of you know, uh, that he served as the Agricultural Commissioner of Kentucky for several years, uh, but also uh, in the House of Representatives there on the state level where he was actually recognized as the Freshman Legislator of the Year in his very first term. And he now brings those same principles and work ethic to the federal level, and I'm extremely honored to have Congressman Jamie Comer with us. Thank you, sir, for being on the line with us today. Well, Jody, thanks for having me. Well, it's a great honor, and it's a great honor to serve with you on the Oversight Committee, and your leadership there is just fantastic. I want us to discuss, first of all, I've got a couple of topics that I want to uh, throw by you and to talk about, but first of all, the 9-11 Commission and to get us kind of kicked off on that, we've got an audio clip that uh, Nancy Pelosi, the speaker, shared at her weekly press conference the other day. Let's hit that clip real quickly. There's really strong support in the country for us to have, seek the truth, find the truth, but also uh, understand how we have to protect the American people from what might be out there in terms of domestic terrorism and the rest. All right, domestic terrorism and the rest. I mean, what in the world is and the rest when she refers to that? So let's kind of get this kicked off. Uh, what, what, what are we talking about when we refer to the 9-11 Commission and in particular that being utilized or at least some concept of the 9-11 Commission being utilized to deal with the January 6th seize of the Capitol? What are we talking about? Pelosi is clearly trying to create the narrative that uh, everyone that was at the Trump rally, everyone there was a white supremacist. Everyone there was uh, there with the intentions of overthrowing our government, trying to prevent the uh, transfer of power. And she is going to stick with that narrative. Uh, as you know, Jody, uh, several of us have requested 
that uh, Pelosi answered some questions that we had about security on January the 6th, since she is in charge of security for the House of Representatives, and she continues to dodge that question. If she wants transparency and if she wants to hold uh, everyone responsible accountable, then I think that's something that Republicans would, would certainly welcome as well. But Pelosi's clearly stalling because, you know, the, the September 11th commission was, as I understand it, created pretty quickly after September the 11th to investigate the root cause and, uh, you know, with the goal of trying to prevent another terrorist attack on the United States soil. She, uh, she's clearly stalling, trying to create the narrative, and along with her friends in the media, that this was a terroristic attack and that every Trump voter is is the type of person that we have to watch. And, oh, by the way, we need to put metal detectors on the floor of the House to keep the enemy from within, which would be, in her eyes, Republicans, from, from uh, entering the House chambers without uh, carrying any weapons. So I think that uh, this is a stunt by Nancy Pelosi. I don't think she's sincere, and, and I hope that the American people see through that. So what do you think is the real purpose behind this so-called 9-11 commission as it's directed to the events of January 6th? What is, uh, what is Nancy Pelosi and company's ultimate goal in this? I think everyone would probably have a different opinion, Jody, but my opinion is she's trying to label uh, those of us who, who supported Trump as, as being white supremacist and domestic terrorist and that uh, anyone that uh, would support Trump should be ashamed and uh, you know she's trying to rewrite history uh, she she neglects to include in her negative comments about Trump supporters that uh, you know, half of America supported Trump half of America is still very supportive of, of Trump post-presidency and that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident that Donald Trump's approval rating is higher than Nancy Pelosi's. I know it's higher than most most of uh, Congress. So I, I just think this is another political stunt by Nancy Pelosi when, in fact, she was in charge of security. And we have heard from her capital, uh, her sergeant-at-arms, Mr. Irving, and the former chief of the Capitol Police, Mr. Sun, that they had picked up intelligence that there might be, you know, some some bad actors coming on January the 6th. So they requested the National Guard on January the 4th, and she, in fact, blocked the National Guard, which is which was never brought up. Yeah, which was never brought up in the in the trial in the Senate trial for uh, for Donald Trump. So I think that she's just trying to create a narrative here and blocking from the fact that she bears as much responsibility as anyone for January the 6th getting as out of control as it did. Excellent point. Jody Heiss filling in for Tony Perkins and joining me right now is a great representative from Kentucky, Jamie Comer, who serves as the ranking member of the Oversight Committee. And as it relates to this 9-11 commission, and Jamie, I would like for you, if you will, to hold over in the break, I'd like to discuss some of the things happening on our southern border right now. Uh, but uh, it sounds like you have no confidence whatsoever of this being a bipartisan or better yet a nonpartisan commission. This is just going to be uh, yet another attack. Is that the way you see it? That's the way it starts out. You know, it's kind of like Joe Biden talked about unity at his inauguration. And when those senators walked over there to talk about a bipartisan change to the COVID bill, he, he slammed the door on them. So that's kind of the way I feel about this 9-11 commission with Pelosi. Unbelievable. Friends, thank you for joining us today on Washington Watch. We've got much more to cover. Right after the break, Congressman Jamie Comer is going to hang on with us. We're going to talk about some very important issues taking place on the southern border, specifically as we're watching these caravans come, increased numbers of illegal individuals crossing our borders, and what that does not only to potential jobs in America, but also the COVID problem and health crisis that is developing because of the crisis on our southern border. Congressman Comer recently wrote a letter 
uh, to the DHS. We'll discuss that and more on Washington Watch in just a moment. Stay tuned. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Thank you for joining us today on Washington Watch. We are honored to have you on the bus with us today. Jody Heiss filling in for Tony Perkins. And we are honored also to have on the line with us a great representative from the state of Kentucky, Congressman Jamie Comer. He is the ranking member, the leading Republican on the House Oversight Committee. And we're honored. Thank you, sir, for joining us and for sticking over the break with us. You recently wrote a letter to the Department of Homeland Security out of concern, uh, or you're part of this letter, over concern as to what's happening on our southern border. And, of course, I think people all across America are becoming more and more aware as to the uh, volatility of what's happening and the dangers represented on our southern border. Can you, first of all, just kind of brief us on what prompted you to write the letter and basically what is the intent of the letter? Well, it's just very troubling to see what's happening at the southern border. I think one of the greatest accomplishments of the Trump administration was border security. And one of the biggest failures of the Obama-Biden administration was a lack of border security. So now we have Biden has automatically reverted back to the old ways of the Obama-Biden administration. He uh, immediately halted construction of the southern border wall. And worse than anything, it, it appears to me, Jody, he's sending a message to the world that uh, it's okay to try to cross the border. If you get in, you'll be all right. We'll provide you with a lawyer and a place to stay and meals and Medicaid. And, you know, if you have kids, we'll educate them. And it's just, uh, it's just not what I think the people in America want. I know the people in my district don't want it. And with, with, the Biden policy of continuing to have our public schools shut down because of COVID, but then allowing open borders where people are coming across here and they could be spreading COVID, the hypocrisy is just staggering. So I was part of a letter that expressed our concern about the lack of border security, the lack of, of, of messaging to, to the people that are trying to enter this country illegally about uh you know the repercussions of of their actions and and also just a a complete concern about 
the gangs, the human trafficking, and all the bad things that that could happen on that southern border, and just the the sure fact that the Biden administration turned it a blind eye. Yeah, and it's it's stunning to me almost immediately when the outcome of the election was uh, evident that Joe Biden was going to win. Uh, here comes a caravan. I mean, immediately what had been under the Trump administration a secure border. I mean, overnight it it changed, and immediately uh, we're watching this. And there's so many issues as you brought up from the uh, human trafficking, the drug trafficking, the health care concerns with COVID coming across the borders, the the job issues, the economic impact. All these things are coming across. And while President Trump was there, these same individuals said that a wall is meaningless; it doesn't help. And yet. Uh, for those of you that go to Washington right now, I might add, the whole place is walled up. And if if walls and fences and razor wire doesn't help, then why in the world do we have it all over Washington? But why, what is it that President Biden, the Democrats, love, if you will, about open borders? There is nothing seemingly good that comes from open borders. What What is their goal in this, and why are they so embracing this concept of open borders? Well, I hate to hate to say this, Jody, but I really believe it's a fact. It's all political. I think they see a lot of new Democrat voters coming across, and uh, they're going to do everything to to welcome them and make sure that uh, that's a, a new layer of support for the new Democrat Party, the the party that uh, has kind of abandoned the the working class and and catered to the university elite, the uh, the welfare, you know, full-time welfare recipients, and, and now you've got uh, illegal immigrants. And, and it's a big voting block in, in a lot of states, especially states like Texas, where they're, where they're making a, a big move. And, uh, you know, there's nothing racist by that. I, I, I think that's just a, a fact that, uh, that the Democrats are playing on, and they played on that message in the, in the presidential election and i believe they're going to continue that strategy moving forward how does that play out though in the long run what do you think i mean most people at least in my district i would assume yours is the same but i am totally convinced this is the feeling of people listening to us right now all across the country and generally speaking uh in every state and in virtually every district people understand there's value in being a citizen of the United States of America. Why is there such a fear, if you will, and it may not, that may not be the right word, but a seeming fear on the Democratic side to protect the interest of our citizens first? Is it all just political? I, I have no idea. It's just like the, the demographics of the Democrat Party has changed so much uh, over the over the last five years. It, it's just not the Democrat Party that uh, I grew up watching in, in uh, conservative rural Kentucky. And uh, it's, it's sad to see. And I, I think that uh, we've got to hold our line and protect that border. And that's got to be a major issue for Republicans and conservatives. Well, Congressman Jamie Comer, thank you for your incredible leadership. Thank you for joining us today on Washington Watch. And we appreciate your uh, tremendous leadership that you bring to the Oversight Committee fighting against waste, fraud and abuse all across our government. You're a champion, and we appreciate it. Folks, thank you for joining us today on Washington Watch. Coming up next, Dr. Andy Harris will be joining us to discuss the Equality Act. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back in just a moment. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. 
Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss filling in for Tony Perkins. We're glad to have you joining us today and glad to welcome my next guest, Dr. Andy Harris, a fantastic leader in the House of Representatives. Uh, he is a physician. He served as Johns Hopkins Hospital. Uh, he was a medical officer in the Naval Reserve. He's been a state senator uh, from his great state, of Maryland, and he's a tremendous brain on so many different issues. Uh, and I welcome Dr. Andy Harris to the program. Thanks for joining us. Well, good to be with you, Jody. Well, listen, I, I it's my honor, and I want us to talk about the Equality Act and to kind of get this teed off for both of us. I have a clip here from uh, well, a couple of clips. Let's begin with the one from Biden. You deserve a partner in the White House to fight with conviction and to win the battles ahead. Together, we'll pass the Equality Act. We will pass the Equality Act. And then we have a clip here from the Vice President, Kamala Harris. So that's decision. where the federal government must step now, in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because that's there right. are moments in history where states preserve the civil rights of all people. Wow. All right. So that was obviously in the debate uh, for the uh, presidential nomination. And uh, here we go, Andy. What did uh, let's first of all just kind of define what are we talking about when we make reference to the Equality Act? Well, you know, Jody, I, I think it's uh, it's misleading because what it what it what it's basically doing is is a sold as a bill that says we shouldn't discriminate against, discriminate against people based on their sexual identity or sexual orientation. But in fact, this goes well, well beyond that. Uh, we know that the Supreme Court's already said you can't discriminate uh, uh, for those reasons. This is this is basically a pro-abortion bill. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's, it goes against uh, religious freedom. It goes against the rights of people to actually have a belief that's different from, a, from the commonly held 
or some commonly held beliefs uh, that liberals hold. Uh, it, this is a very, very dangerous bill uh, that, that goes under a, an innocent moniker of the, the, quote, Equality Act. Look, we all want equality, uh, but that's not what this bill is about. It's amazing how the Democrats are so good at putting names associating with, with various bills that, beyond the name, are absolutely radical to the point of transforming our culture, our society, our entire nation. Would you place the Equality Act as one of those type of bills that has that kind of devastating effect if it actually becomes law? Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. It completely upends uh, the entire relationship between, uh, you know, the federal government and and the abortion industry, uh, the ability to restrict abortions, the ability to restrict abortion funding, the ability to allow people with deeply held religious convictions not to participate in these. Uh, that's whether it's a provider or a hospital. Uh, the, the, you know, the little sisters of the poor will ha- will they'll basically have to fund abortions if this bill goes through. Well, and and not only those, and those kinds of concerns are enormously uh, important to every one of us who are part of this program this evening. But, I mean, even beyond the abortion issue, there is so many other ramifications with this. For example, I mean, one of the things that I hear about a lot of concern from people is uh, that this bill would force schools or businesses or what have you to open female showers and bathrooms and sports teams and all this type of stuff to men who somehow identify as women and vice versa. I mean, what kind of impact does that have on a country? Oh, that's absolutely right. Look, it it turns it turns common sense on its head. Uh, You know, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, a lot a lot of uh, families, mine included, you know, we had we have a daughter who's a female athlete. She had a she had a track scholarship. Uh, The bottom line is uh, she would never have been able to get that if uh, the Equality Act was in place, because uh, men identifying as women would be competing in those sports. Uh, They're they're obviously for and I get I can get into it as a doctor for all the reasons why. Uh, you know, you can say you can say if you're a man, you can say you're a woman. Even if you take hormones, you're past puberty. You are going to have increased muscle mass. You got to have increased cardiac uh, abilities. Uh, there are a lot of changes that don't get reversed. Uh, so, so women's sports will will be a, and and that pathway for a lot of families. Uh, to have their daughters get a college education will be gone forever. Uh, you know, someone mentioned, you know, when, when my daughter went and traveled uh, with the track team uh, to other uh, states, uh, they would they, there'd be four girls in a room, you know, sharing sharing a hotel room because you got to minimize cost. If the Equality Act passed, you would could put a transgender woman who was born a man uh, into one of those rooms to share a room, to share that, that hotel bathroom with them. And you couldn't discriminate against that person. You would have to, we would have to do it according to this law. That just goes against all common sense. It, go, it goes against everything. Uh, I think that, uh, that America stands for the ability to have deeply held beliefs, uh, again, religious beliefs and, and to not have the state interfere with that. And in this case, I think it just goes against common sense. Well, it it goes beyond every imaginable common sense. Uh, Jody Heiss filling in for Tony Perkins today on Washington Watch. I have on the phone with me now Dr. Andy Harris from Maryland, fantastic congressman, a tremendous uh, representative in so many ways, and uh, he serves on the powerful uh, Committee on Appropriations. Uh, But with this Equality Act, I mean, let's... I think it's so important for people to understand you. You mentioned it doesn't matter how many hormones a person takes. It doesn't matter if they have reversal type surgery, all this type. At the end of the day, the DNA does not change. A male is a male. Female is female. Am I correct on that, Dr. Harris? Look, that's absolutely right. Yes, in a very, very, very tiny number of people, you know, they are not 46XY or 46XX. They they can be an intersex, but it's a very, very, it's a diminishingly small number of people. What we're talking about are people who are chromosomally man or woman. They, that, you know, and and we, now, now they have a new term. It's called sex defined at birth, but we know actually sex is defined way before birth because when you go to get that ultrasound and you're at uh, 20 weeks or 22 or 23 weeks, you get the report back and it says, this is a boy or this is a girl. It doesn't say this is whatever you want it to be. Uh, the fact of the matter is uh, that, that God has, has decided, uh, you know, what, what you're going to be. Uh, you've got a, a genetic uh, chromosomal makeup. And uh, to pretend that it's anything else is just pretending. 
it is pretending and it's impossible to change that which which is uh, God-ordained from conception and beyond. So let me just throw this out to you, uh, because I, I certainly believe this. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, by redefining the meaning of sex uh, that, that the Equality Act does, uh, what we're doing, we, we no longer guarantee equality opportunity, uh, as you mentioned earlier, for individuals like your daughter, female students and academics or athletics. The Equality Act really... Uh, produces inequality. Is that an accurate description? That's absolutely right. You know, uh, there's so many instances, uh, you know, so many things that are just wrong with this. You know, for instance, uh, there's actually pretty good uh, data that uh, single-sex high schools, you know, high schools where they're just boys or high school where they're just girls, you actually have a better academic outcome in those settings. That would be all tossed into the wind with the, quote, Equality Act. You couldn't have that anymore. Uh, you know, th- there are just so many ramifications of this. Uh, it, it just, again, it, it defies it defies common sense belief. But we're on the cusp of uh, this passing the House. You know it passed the House of Representatives last Congress. Uh, the, o- the only thing that stopped it from becoming law was the Republican majority in the Senate, which we no longer have. So there's, there's a chance that this very, very dangerous bill will actually uh, become law. And, and, you know, for those, uh, again, as a physician, I'll put my physician hat on, uh, under this bill, and, and uh, I probably or any physician would not actually be able to counsel someone uh, who, who thought they had, you know, a, a, what we call gender dysphoria. Uh, we would, you might not you make, that, make that counseling illegal. And worse than that, you, it would take away the rights of a parent to have to have a decision on what their minor child what you know if a minor child wants to uh to cross over to the other sex become a transsexual then then it it takes away parental rights as well i mean this is just loaded with booby traps unbelievable let me pull into our conversation now uh, frc's vice president for policy and government affairs travis weber travis thank you for joining us i know you've been listening to this discussion but thanks for being a part of it Thank you. Well, let me get your input on all of this. Uh, you, you follow so many of these different policies and the way these things may impact the American people. Is this one kind of slipping in under the radar for most people? It, well, hopefully not, You because know, this one, compared to a lot of the issues that we deal with on life, family, and religious freedom, uh, this one is particularly egregious. Uh, it it impacts all those areas. It would expand abortion access as has been noted uh, through the the tampering of the definition of sex non-discrimination. It would infringe on women's rights, women's safety, women's privacy, and uh, their ability to compete in sports fairly, Uh, to say nothing of the religious freedom impact in a host of different areas affecting uh, nonprofit institutions, churches, businesses, and others. And so, uh, you know, really, when you look at the breadth of this, the fact that it's dealing with all those different areas impacting the rights of people of faith to live out their beliefs and, and, and moral convictions in all those areas and very real public uh, matters like safety and privacy, this, this bill really is a problem. Um, and it's, it's a more significant problem than, than a lot of other measures that we face. And it's important that people are aware of it and they make their voices heard because uh, this really would do damage if it's passed. Well, let's go down that path real quickly. I mean, this, this is uh, the Equality Act is one of these things that we're talking about gender perception, not reality. It's all perception, which absolutely denies scientific facts, uh, chromosomal facts, as Dr. Harris brought up, uh, all these types of things. And people out there right now are listening, saying, how in the world can this actually be on the doorstep of our nation? How can this be happening and so I know there's people thinking right now, what in the world can I do to help make a difference as this legislation is being kicked around in Congress? So, Travis, how would you answer that to people who are wondering now, what can I do to help? Yeah, the easiest thing to do, go uh, make your voice heard to your member of Congress. We have a easy link at frcaction.org slash equalityact, frcaction.org slash equalityact. It has a a message there that you can send to your member of Congress, because as you noted, this, this thing is, is bad, and it's, it's bad in terms of the ideology it's pushing, the ideology of, of gender identity that is being implemented and injected into a host of different areas through the bill. 
Um, you know, one we haven't talked about yet, healthcare. Healthcare, you know, by by forcing gender ideology requirements on a number of different healthcare policies, this this bill would harm the very members of the LGBT community that it, it claims to want to protect and claims to want to give equality to. There have been instances in which um, the healthcare, uh, the attempts to treat um, a member of a biological sex, the, the instances that we've identified, a biological woman showing up for treatment appears to be a man and not able to receive care uh, quickly because of the obvious perception of the medical staff that this is a man they're looking at when his actuality it's a woman and care is affected. So um, to say nothing of the conscience rights have already been discussed in throughout health care and, um, and, and the way this would, um, this would uh, implement and further advance that ideology, host of different other areas, a significant problem. Um, and it's important that people know about it and make their voices heard, which they can do at our link at frcaction.org slash Equality Act. Fantastic. Back to you, Dr. Harris. From the legislative perspective, this bill literally, and I I think we need to underscore, it forces. This bill, if it becomes law, forces all of society to pretend that a biological male claiming to be a woman is indeed a woman. We will be forced as a society to accept that kind of distorted perception. Correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, again, it doesn't matter what your professional belief is. If you're a physician, it doesn't matter what your religious belief is. Uh, it will force you to do it in America. Which has all sorts of complications and consequences associated with it. If a person does not comply with that, they would be accused of infringing on that other individual's civil rights. I mean, the, the ramifications of this as it relates to religious liberties, uh, houses of faith, nonprofit organizations with uh, Judeo-Christian values or whatever the case may be, they're all going to be impacted by this, wouldn't they? Uh, that's right, because, the, uh, for instance, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act is not specifically, you know, in fact, it's specifically excluded in this bill. Uh, so the protections that normally would protect you under a lot of these circumstances are very specifically and intentionally uh, omitted from this bill. So, the, you know, the purpose is pretty clear. It's a, it's a major overhaul of the way we approach uh, sex, gender, identity, and sexual orientation in the United States in a very oppressive manner. Unbelievable. So let me come back to you, Travis, as we uh, kind of wrap up our time together here. The, this, this has got to be alarming to people as they're hearing what Dr. Harris just said and how this is literally going to be forced upon American society to accept this gender perception that is uh, what we all know inaccurate. But the religious liberty ramifications of this are alarming. Where do you see this ultimately in lawsuits, courts? What happens? And we've got about yeah, uh, 40 seconds left. Yeah, I do think uh, we're going to see a challenges to this if it passes. Hopefully it won't be, but it'll be challenged under First Amendment and other grounds because of the incredible violation of our constitutional rights. It not only guts RIFRA, but it, um, it, it would infringe on the autonomy of religious institutions, including churches, possibly forcing them to alter their practices and use of their facilities. And uh, it would be an incredible infringement. So I do think uh, we can't see this passed, and we have to, to pray and make our voices heard, sure that it's not passed. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. And all of you across America, thanks for joining us on Washington Watch. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you next time. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.